Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Who You Got. My name is Dayton Hammond. Who You Got is a show about creating brackets for things that don't normally have brackets. Now, you may be asking, what is a bracket exactly? Well, a bracket or tournament bracket is a tree diagram representing a series of games played in a knockout tournament. Each episode, we create a bracket for a specific topic and determine the best of that topic through a series of debate match-ups. Today, helping me fight our way through the tournament is one of the hosts of Zima Podcasting Network's own Monsters at Midnight, Matt Schaefer. How are you doing, Matt? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Now, there are a couple of rules we must follow as we make our way through the bracket. There are five minutes allotted to each matchup, and at the end of five minutes, we will decide a winner based on the arguments, not on our own preferences. Gotcha. That brings us to this episode's topic. Cryptids. Mysterious myths or legendary legends, many believe that there are unusual creatures roaming our forests, swimming our lakes, or terrorizing our skies. Which ones are real? We're not so sure. Which one is the coolest? Let's figure it out. Now, Matt, what what sort of experience do you have with urban legends, local folklore, that sort of thing? Um, growing up, I... I everyone knows that if you grew up in Wisconsin everyone knows that folk tale about the family that finds the their daughters out running around outside in the rain okay somehow with like mm-hmm. the doors locked but apparently that story originated like super close to where I grew up in no southwest kidding. Wisconsin um, I've always been interested in like I love conspiracy theories and urban legends mm-hmm. and those kind of go hand in hand I've never been, I've never been, admittedly never been huge into it, but I love entertaining the notion of these things, especially when we've talked about this on Monsters of Midnight, when the creepypasta explosion happened, and all, like, Slenderman, the rake, yeah, and, like, it became, like, modern-day campfire stories, but... Yeah, I respect the classics. Absolutely. And, and these, there are some good ones on this list. So. Yep, we're going back to the the OGs, the eight the originals. <laughs> the originals. Yeah, it's it's I'm glad you mentioned sort of the urban legends that we grew up around. Now I grew up in northern Wisconsin, so we I, I was exposed to the Hodag, which is literally oh, yeah. the most absurd version of a cryptid. Right. It's it's hilarious to read old really old timey descriptions of it because they're like oh it has the smile of an elephant like what (laughs) what are you talking about (laughs) so i i I love it when these stories really just lean into their own ridiculousness and have fun so i i I hope with these eight we'll uh have some fun absolutely absolutely. so we'll be debating eight of monstrous midnight meanderers see what i did there oh look at that and we'll be determining the (laughs) best beast the best beast the The super beast the super beast i got a rob zombie reference on this show too motherfucker (laughs) (laughs) let's take a look at the eight that we'll be debating in the number one seed we have the loch ness monster going up against the number eight seed the fiji mermaid in the number four seed, we have Chupacabras going up against the number five seed, the Jersey Devil. In the number two seed, we have the Mothman fighting the number seven seed, Wendigos. In the number three seed, we have Bigfoot going up against the number six seed, Hopkinsville Goblins. Now, as always, these seedings are completely random. It's just for kicks. 
Should we dive into it? Let's dive. Let's. Oh, it's so thematically appropriate because we're starting off with the Loch Ness monster. <laughs> oh man, I wish I wish we were professional enough for that to be intentional, oh, but no, here that we was are. Purely an accident. <laughs> <laughs> purely an accident. All right, so let's get five minutes on the clock. We have the number one seed, the Loch Ness monster, going up against the number eight seed, the Fiji mermaid. Here we go. Any preferences right out the gates? I, I mean, I learned uh, about the Fiji mermaid pretty recently. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, bring it back your boy Rob Zombie again. Yeah. He actually, he references the Fiji mermaid in House of Thousand Corpses because um, Rain Wilson's character gets turned into Fish Boy. Um, yes. And it's like, because the whole thing was... It was, I believe, it was a, it was a freak show exhibit. Right. It was the upper torso of a monkey mm-hmm. and the back half of some sort of fish, and just taxidermy together. Taxidermy together, and the guy was selling it as this uh, mermaid that he found. Yeah. Um, preference wise, I've always, I've always loved the notion of the Loch Ness monster. Mm-hmm. I mean that that tale is so classic absolutely and the the photographic proof everyone it's it's such a big phenomenon that it preference wise for me it's no contest it right. comes down to nessie for me yeah i i think i'm leaning that way as well the thing with the fiji mermaid is that it's very explicitly a hoax exactly it, it was it's a product and that's the thing is that there's such a mystique to nessie that i you could almost believe it but it's definitely like the Fiji monster is a product, like you said. Right, yeah. The thing with the Loch Ness Monster, like, there's still people out there really scraping the bottom of the barrel, but finding some semblances of proof, nonetheless. There's suspicious sonar readings, there's disputed photographs, that sort of thing. So that type of evidence, quote-unquote, is out there and... Mostly debunked uh, in in most professional fields. But you can play with that information out there and allow yourself to believe for that one fleeting moment. I think that's I, I think that's what I really like about the, the Loch Ness Monster. One of my favorite sort of pieces of evidence surrounding it is that there's actually this Apple Maps photo mm-hmm. of the Loch Ness and looking down on it, it looks like there's this large, almost like squid-like creature just about to break the surface oh, wow. of Loch Ness. That. That's kind of cool. It's really cool. It's It turns out, so basically, you know, when you take large overhead GPS photos, it's not all taken at once. It's not like we have a million photo, a million cameras set up at once and then we just click one shot all right, at once. Yeah. It was a series of photos and it was stitched together and it's actually the wake of a boat People oh, say it's the wake right, of a boat. Right, yeah. Uh, the government, that's what they want you to think. <laughs> exactly. And in the process of stitching those photos together for Loch Ness, they accidentally stitched out the boat. Oh, yeah. So it's just these random wakes uh, that are in kind of the shape of a squid. It's really cool. If you if, if you just Google it, it's you'll find it right away. It's really fun to entertain the thought that, like, oh, oh yeah. this this might be proof. It's it's really just interesting to look at. It's exciting. It is exciting. And we've always, I think, uh, we've always had such a as a as a uh, like a general populace, a general being. We've always sort of had fascination with like sea creatures, yeah. sea travel, like. You look because at stories like a Thousand Leagues Under the Sea and Jaws, of course. We want to believe that there is something 
monstrous out there. Right, so. because there's still so much that we don't know about the ocean. So yeah. the idea of some sort of prehistoric reptile, giant reptile type right. thing living in a lake doesn't seem as quite far-fetched as some of the other monsters on this list. And I think, I think when we're really getting down to it, that's what makes the Loch Ness Monster a bit more fascinating than the Fiji Mermaid is that the Fiji Mermaid, we know that it's a, there's no possibility that oh, yeah. this specific creature exists. You might want to believe in mermaids of some shape or fashion, but these little weird monkey gremlin things with fish fins, <laughs> yeah. these specifically, not, not going to fly. Not real. Yeah, exactly. And the fact that Loch Ness Monster, there's enough out there where if you want to believe, you probably could. Mm-hmm. That's what's exciting. Yeah, that's, that's cool. I, I agree completely. Yeah. Um, how are we doing on time? We got about 40 seconds left, but I honestly, I think that when we're talking about cryptids here, we really want those legends to keep living on. Yeah. And that's, that's what makes these monsters still fascinating and still part of our, our culture, whether it's in media or in random talk about a a small town. Yeah. Uh, I think that that's really what keeps things alive is that potential that maybe, might exist, and that's what really nixes the Fiji Fiji mermaid for me. As as, yeah. as funny and as iconic of a hoax as it is. Oh yeah, no. So I I agree completely. Um, and yeah, because that's the thing is that legend of the Loch Ness monster is gonna live on. I yeah, I hadn't even heard of the Fiji mermaid until you sent me the list. Right. So. Yeah, I think that's the nail in the coffin there. Yeah. I think the Loch Ness monster moves forward. Fiji mermaid out of the running. Swimming on. Swimming on. Just keep swimming. So we, in the next round, we have number four seed Chupacabras fighting the number five seed, the Jersey Devil. Oh, this one's actually tough. I love this. Once again, we have five minutes on the clock. Here we go. So I think for me, I, I love both of these creatures. I've been fascinated by both of them uh, the moment I heard about either one. Mm-hmm. I think... The Jersey Devil has some really fascinating lore behind oh, it. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm sure you've heard of the story. You know, this this family has 12 kids, and the 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 mother's about to have a 13 kid and the 13th kid, and of course that's a kind of a cursed number. So she curses the kid, and kid comes out normal, but soon transforms into this sort of bipedal, winged, cloven hooves, forked tail, horns, the whole deal, yeah. and uh, flies off into New, New Jersey woods and, of course, terrorizes the populace. Mm-hmm. I think having such a weirdly rich story behind it yeah, uh, kind of has me leaning towards the Jersey Devil right off the bat, but chupacabras are really inherently fascinating i mean anything that's called literally a goat sucker has got to be yeah, worth your time and attention. I, I learned i learned that today yeah. i didn't know that that's what chupacabra literally translates to yeah now correct me if i'm wrong the chupacabra chupacabras are predominantly like a central american uh, right that's uh like puerto rico yeah that was where the original sighting was and where the legend sort of began there's been sightings as far north as maine in the united states of course and then uh, as far south as chile uh in south america of course and then there's been some other sightings in even russia and the philippines okay just kind of fascinating uh that this this uh story or this creature if you believe in it uh has proliferated that much uh so yeah but yeah started out in, in in puerto rico and i think what 
while the Jersey Devil has this really rich lore behind it, I do like that the Chupacabras plays on a very like practical fear yeah. of losing livestock. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because in the original stories, there it seemed like there there were sheep. There, I think the original story there were eight sheep lost in in, in the original incident, mm-hmm. and. It seemed like they just had three puncture wounds on their neck, and apparently they had been drained of blood. That part of the story is not actually proven. It's proven that there were eight sheep randomly killed, but that's w- wild. But the fact, uh, the, the the what really turned people onto the idea that this might be something other than your typical canine predator is that the corpses were left; they weren't eaten. Right. Yeah. So that's I, I love that specific sort of. They're, they picked up something unusual and they and, and they ran with it. So mm-hmm. that's a, a super fascinating. A, a, any preferences for you between the two? I think like what you're saying, uh, just given the lore of the Jersey Devil and also like there's been a ton of, I mean, obviously there's been a ton of media published about Chupacabras. Mm-hmm. I'm having a hard time with that word. <laughs> um, there's a lot of really interesting uh, Jersey Devil uh, like documentaries and horror oh, yeah. movies. Yeah. yeah. Um, for all my angry video game nerd fans, fellow angry video game nerd fans, uh, James Rolfe, the creator, actually did a fictional horror movie called uh, The Blue Hole, which okay. is all about the the hunting for the Jersey Devil. That's right. Yeah, there's um, yeah that that odd sort of water formation in the woods. Yeah, where it, yeah. yeah. So the Jersey Devil has always been on my radar. Um, the Jersey Devil again, like um, bringing up personal bias, I. I go camping a lot, and like when you're out in the woods, mm-hmm. it's entirely possible to believe that there's some sort of freak out there. Sure. And um, I love reading the stories about like the high pitched screams that yeah. people have heard. It's super creepy shit. Right. Um, so I'm leaning towards the Jersey Devil on this one. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the scream because I, for, for me, that's like an essential part of its physical description. I love that idea that it's this really primal, just really guttural horror yeah i think there's something really really fascinating about that chupacabras definitely do have a little bit of that you know their their physical descriptions sort of vary but they're sort of like reptilian canines with like spines on them i like a certain amount of vagueness Mm. to to my cryptid right yeah (laughs) i I like I, i like it when some people interpret it a little bit differently you know depending on the region or depending on the person i think i think that sort of gets down to what people are afraid of with these stories and i think that's super fascinating uh so i like that about the chupacabra but there's like you like you said with the with that scream there's something like really primal about that i imagine being out in the woods somewhere and just hearing that and being like oh shit it's the jersey devil we're we're done yep well it's just like uh the scream of a cursed child who was abandoned (laughs) by their mother so yeah when you really think about that i like i feel bad for the jersey devil right that's 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 a really good point i think we should move it forward and talk further about that how it really is a a true story with a narrative and even some possibly some sympathy there that's cool i i love chupacabras but i think at the end of the day some some people have explained it away as uh some coyotes or other local dogs with mange Oh, so having, you know, growths and patchy fur and sort of that they're the grayish icky skin showing and being a little bit bonier and thinner and stuff. And when they have mange, they're a little bit weaker. Mm. So they might kill their prey and they might prey on 
livestock as opposed to wild animals, you know, because it's it's easy for them. But even then, they still might might not be able to consume the meat. So that's gotcha. why that's why corpses are left behind. That's the general explanation and to me that seems more than plausible oh yeah yeah so that's interesting i actually i didn't know that about uh explaining the chupacabra that's that's very interesting right yeah it's i i I think it's cool that it goes back to just some you know animal behaviors and the type of struggles that wild animals go through and how we interpret that as a society i guess i think that's fascinating it's it's cool how we turn that into our own stories and our own ideas of what's actually out there so as fascinating as chupacabras can be and some of the explanations behind them i think the jersey devil has there's more to say there yeah uh, about what this creature might be so chupacabras left behind left behind Moving the Jersey Devil forward, going up against the Loch Ness Monster in the semifinal rounds. But before we get there, we got some other quarterfinal rounds to settle. We have in the next round, I'm excited for this one, number two seed, the Mothman, (laughs) going up against the number seven seed, the Wendigo. Got five minutes on the clock once again. Here we go. Have you seen the Mothman prophecies? I bet you you have. I have not actually. Oh. <laughs> what what is the Mothman prophecies? It's a, it's it's a it's a '90s movie with Richard Gere based on oh a God. book surrounding uh, the Mothman mythology. That sounds incredible already. It's really good. It, uh, it it's interesting because what I find super fascinating about it is that demonologists say that it's like oh this is the most accurate de- depiction of, of of a demon's effect on a person uh in in all of cinema i'm like really <laughs> this sounds okay all right that's that that's that does make this legitimately more more scary i think i think the mothman like the jersey devil has a great lore behind yeah. it the fact that it sort of proceeds possibly warns or possibly brings tragedy and is this large goofy owl looking thing i think that sort of dissonance <laughs> right between the very real horror it apparently brings upon people and its appearance it like that really unsettles me i think the mothman is a, a really fascinating creature uh, have, uh, what do you, what did you know about the mothman prior to coming here tonight i didn't know a fucking thing about the mothman <laughs> i i i literally cuz there's a everyone's favorite batman villain there is a mothman batman villain is there really yeah oh that's amazing i, I only knew that because of the lego video games oh nice but um and he sucks. Like, he's so <laughs> dumb. But uh, I knew nothing about it. But yeah, then like it, the, I was reading about how everyone talks about the piercing red eyes right. that it has, and it's just the strangest shit. And I forget where this originated. Was this in New Hampshire? A uh, Point Pleasant. Uh, which state was it in? Let me consult my research. Right. I believe it was. West Virginia. Oh, West Virginia. Yeah. The Mothman. Yep. Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Well, I love because apparently there is a, a Mothman statue. Yes. In that ta- town, which I think is that's awesome. That's just like we, we were talking about RoboCop before we started re- recording. Detroit's got their RoboCop statue. Yeah. Um, local heroes, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, you actually you'll need to remind me what the the. What the fuck are we actually comparing this one this to? This one's I, going up against the Wendigo. Please remind me what that the story is for that one. So Wendigos are sort of 
the they're imagine zombies but a million times worse. Okay, it's rooted in Native American, specifically Algonquin folklore. Oh yeah, yep. that's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. So these are creatures that I some some interpret them as people who transform into these creatures or they're malevolent spirits or monsters in their own right, and they're they usually appear or manifest themselves in a person as a result of uh, some sort of very selfish act, whether it's murder or greed or destruction. And it's commonly associated with, in that vein, cannibalism. Uh, so when people are put into a, a tough situation and they're forced to like eat uh, another person on their trek or on their vacation, some sort of accident has happened, they're forced to eat human flesh, the Wendigo is supposed to manifest itself it's it, it, it its descriptions are really really quite quite disturbing they're described as basically being larger lankier humans right yeah with fangs and bright red lips and they See, have I don't remember why yeah. i i don't know why i forgot this because this is like one of my favorite fucking ones when i was doing the research sure yeah there's actually i think also just be um I, I love the human aspect. Of right. the, obviously, there's a human aspect to the Mothman, but I like that they also, like, there's almost, like, a psychological, like, mm-hmm. like a paranoia groupthink aspect to the Wendigo. So that I think that's my preference this round, actually. Yeah, it's... I, I, I think it's one of the most, like, strictly disturbing stories on this list because a lot of these can be sort of interpreted as the fun sort of silly stories that have you know taken on their own form some creepier than others but this the the wendigo and the idea of a a spirit sort of taking over people in a really tough sort of no way out between a rock and hard place position i think that's really freaky you know you already feel like you're cornered by the elements whatever situation you're in Mm -hmm. um and then suddenly this creature takes its hold i think i i think in that vein there's so it's kind of tough to play with the the story too because it does touch on such serious themes well, it's of true. and yeah. it's also it's it's super easy to imagine that like especially since it has roots in like native american culture it's yeah. super easy to believe that when like something like that would befall someone they would because they I, I claim to be no expert on Native American culture. Sure. But they they worship different things and believed in different powers and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So it's for me super plausible to believe that while this is probably just again some sort of psychosis sure. or paranoia or um, other mentality that this is just how they manifested it and right. their beliefs. So I, it's obviously it's probably not like a super real thing right. but i just i like the i do i appreciate the the thought process behind right. it yeah it, it, in one way it, it in its own way it is real mm-hmm. it, because it's because it represents greed because it represents murder because it represents consuming another human's flesh right. like those real things those are th- real things that unfortunately happen in True, life yeah. and <laughs> so this creature in some ways is that uh, mm. I, I think it in that way is a very emotional creature i guess yes. and that's 
I, I agree. I think I'm leaning a little bit more towards it. The Mothman, I think oh, it is a creepy creature, and there's definitely some stories about it that are pretty freaky. It attacking, you oh, know, yeah. tops of cars, and it. Some people have even said that there's like, oh, there's there's photos of real life uh, tragedies where you can see, you know, flying men in the background and that sort yeah. of thing. And well, uh, that even comes down to the fact that I think the first recorded sighting was a group of guys were in a graveyard. Yeah. When they first saw it. And like, that's scary. <laughs> like if something human size flew past me in a graveyard, I, I, yeah, that'd be ta- the worst. Yeah. The absolute worst. Yeah. The Mothman really has a whole, scene to it a really whole a a whole environment to its entire presence which is definitely cool and i feel like if it went up against anything else in this bracket it might move on but the wendigo touches on on something very grounded yeah and that's what really freaks me out about it i I, I like seeing it depicted in, in different media. Uh, Until Dawn was a PS4 game oh, where, yeah, yeah. where, spoilers, Wendigos were a big theme. And oh, really? Yeah. That, and, that makes me want to play it even more now. I've never played that game. It's really worth your time. It's It, it, it lampoons a lot of 80s slasher tropes, but oh, yeah. at the same That's time... That's precise reason why I want to yeah. play it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely in your wheelhouse, but once it starts getting into uh, some other other elements of the story it gets crazy it's amazing nice. so yeah so hopefully i didn't give away too much for you hopefully only hooked you in more into that game uh definitely worth your time and a good and an interesting way to experience what the wendigo is in some inter- interpretations so good shit. man as as, as as cool as the mothman is and as interesting it is that the freaking point pleasant has a shiny metal statue of this <laughs> right. guy yeah i uh, i gotta move the wendigo forward i think it's it, it Again, like the Jersey Devil, there's more to be said about what this creature really means and represents, whether it's real or not. You Very know, true. Yeah. so all right, we're on to the last quarterfinal round. We have Bigfoot going up against Hopkinsville Goblins. No. Let's get five minutes on the clock, and here we go. So I Hopkinsville Goblins might be unfamiliar to a good amount of people, even if some people research cryptids in general. I wanted to include them because they're ones that were very immediately identified as some sort of alien, some yeah. sort of little green man, gray, whatever your sort of standard idea of an alien is. Mm-hmm. The Hopkinsville goblins were that. So they were these little creatures that attacked, I believe, uh, a Virginia. Again, Virginia, just, uh, well, not West Virginia this time, but the Virginia's cranking out some creepy creatures. Right. Oh, it was Kentucky, Hopkinsville. Kentucky. Still, that part of the United right, States, yeah. of course. Uh, so, a family of 12 people apparently saw... Very Catholic family. <laughs> saw these creatures attack their house. So, apparently, they were sort of attacking them in, in, in waves, and they were fighting them off with uh, what you do in the country. You got your shotgun out. Right, yeah. And they're, the only real proof that these things existed was the fact that they had indeed shot through their doors and windows. Oh, wow. So something definitely went down, whether okay. or not it was these little tiny goblin creatures with pointed ears, claws, things like that. Yeah. That's generally how they're described. Whether it was these types of creatures attacking this this family or not, um, 
there was something went down. So uh, I, I think in that way, the story of the Hopkinsville Goblin is fascinating. And I, like I said, I liked the idea of talking about a creature that was very explicitly described as an alien. Sometimes True, yeah. people talk about the Mothman as an alien. I'm sure there's some people out there who might think that uh, Bigfoot is some representation of, of of an alien or an extraterrestrial. Mm-hmm. But the Hopkinsville Goblins were very like quickly it's like identified. Very, yeah, very extra. I encourage everyone out there too to go onto the Wiki- Wikipedia page for this because they mm-hmm. have like the doofiest artist <laughs> representation of these things. It's it's, great. it's pretty great. Yeah, it's just like this big ear, big eared thing with like its eyes are spread really far apart. Uh, yeah, it's fantastic. To, uh, give it a look, and the story about it is really fascinating. Ultimately, I think this was explained away by saying that the family was likely intoxicated. The which entire, is all twelve of them. All twelve of them, even well, the kids. It's Kentucky. So <laughs> I got nothing against Kentucky. I think it's a lovely state. Yeah. Um. I love this story. Yep. Because there's nothing more, in a weird way, like there's nothing more traditional American science fiction <laughs> than rednecks fighting aliens. Yeah. Like that's straight out of your 1950s comic books, your old Universal movies, flying saucer in the cornfield type shit. Mm-hmm. But like sort of the same situation with Nessie, Bigfoot is such a. In, in my personal preference, such a more outstanding and predominant right. figure in the cryptid circle. Yeah. And just the lengths that people have gone to to prove his existence. And there's still people out hunting him. Yep. There's documentaries. For me, again, like I love the story of the uh, the goblins, but uh, mm-hmm. it's it's Bigfoot for me. Yeah, I, I agree. I I'm glad that we're talking about the Hopkinsville goblins because it's this sort of isolated incident. People haven't really explained there's or had other sightings of these types of creatures. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it's fun to talk about a specific legend that just happened to be proliferated um, in terms of shared, you know, people aren't seeing these things everywhere, but Bigfoot is when we think about cryptids, we think about Bigfoot. Oh yeah. And like you said, there's still people out there who are convinced that he exists. Even Jane Goodall has said, I really hope this thing is real. Right. Uh, yeah. As, as the, you know, one of the most famous academics on primates. I think that's super fascinating that she <laughs> even said anything about it, Very, yeah. but that speaks to its cultural prevalence. Oh yeah. So Bigfoot is definitely where I'm leaning right now. There's entire societies based around his apparent existence. There's or her apparent existence or their experience, yeah. experience, uh, existence. And there's been real money put behind I know. searches. Yeah. Well, however you feel about that, I think that speaks to its, its power as a legend. Oh, yeah. So, well, I just, uh, yeah, it's, it's such a, bringing up video games again like every new rockstar video game that comes out yeah like gta san andreas red dead redemption red dead redemption 2 there's always some huge hoax that you can find bigfoot in the game somewhere yeah and rockstar rockstar i don't think has officially stated whether or not it's true but they definitely egg people on mm-hmm. and like they so again it's just it's one of those things where the, the cultural impact of this big-footed man it, or woman or uh, creature, yeah, creature, it, wh- whichever pronoun they prefer. Yeah, if I ever get the chance, I'll, <laughs> I'll ask. Yeah, um, yeah, you, you can't, you can't, you can't knock the foot, man. Yeah, man, it's <laughs> it, it's just 
it's really the face of this entire conversation exactly. about cryptids. Exactly. I, 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 I don't think we can even attempt to knock it out this early, especially against some freaking little yellow-eyed goblins. <laughs> True. So uh, I, Honey, I hate to say it. Shotgun them goblins up on the roof. <laughs> and they are gone, blown away. Hopkinsville goblins out of the running. So let's review the standings, shall we? We have the number one seed Loch Ness Monster moving on to fight the number five seed, the Jersey Devil. And then we'll have the number seven seed, the Wendigo, going up against the number three seed, Bigfoot. I'm excited. I think all of these definitely have their grounds with encrypted circles. True. And uh, have definitely creeps me out on more than one occasion so here we go we have the number one seed Loch Ness Monster going up against number five the Jersey Devil got five minutes on the clock once more here we go so it's it's interesting when we're talking about cryptids is uh, do we place a lot of emphasis on them being truly scary right I think to the degree to a degree the Loch Ness Monster is uh, because it's you know some giant sea creature. I think uh, we have some sort of innate fear of that sort of thing because the ocean's such a big mysterious thing. But yeah. uh, the Jersey Devil really has a, a spiritual element to it. Yeah, it does. It has that religious fear it's, it's to very, it that I like. True. It's very strange. Yeah. So for me, I think I'm le- and like I, a primal fear of like childbirth. I think everyone's afraid of becoming a parent. Right. So yeah. No. And that's that's like such a weirdly big theme within a lot of uh, of horror media lately and i oh I, yeah I, I i i'm glad you mentioned it so it it, it touches on something domestic yeah exactly uh, so and, and loch ness monster it's this one specific thing out in this one specific body of water and uh, it has no threat if we never visit the place but the jersey devil seems to you know whether you believe in the specific one or not um, if you have any any sort of religious fears, you know, right, you, yeah. you might think, oh, my 13th child might turn into a creature like this. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Right. See, yeah, the family in Kentucky was one child away from having to deal with that on top <laughs> of goblins attacking their house. It just, that would have been one wild night. Yeah, no Need, kidding. N- I, I, Mom's <laughs> going into labor, giving birth to the Jersey Devil. And, Honey, there's goblins on the roof. <laughs> You know, I can't decide at that point whether they should have laid off the moonshine or just leaned just into it and right. just, just, just like trucking. <laughs> just like the only way we're gonna get through this night, <laughs> Is it right? Yep. So that's funny. Yeah. No, um, I I agree with you, and also like this one again purely comes down to preference for me. Um, I find going out into the woods scarier than go well to a degree. Yeah. Going out into the woods scarier than going out to see. Um, okay. Even though that, I mean, yeah, that's a, a general preference. I've never been really afraid of open water. Sure. Even though you probably should be. <laughs> um, I, but I just say it's the. I think it's the personal connection with me, and like you said, the the spiritual thing, the mm-hmm. whole domestic level, like. Family is one of the biggest themes in, like, a good horror story. Yeah. And, like, fucked up things happening to families. Right. Or fucked up parents doing fucked up things to their kids. Like, it's that's what the Jersey Devil is about to me, and that's why I prefer it over uh, Nessie. Nice. Yeah. Well said, definitely. And I think you touched on something uh, really important there, too, in that a lot of these monsters are... Uh, representations of man's fear of nature. Yeah. And 
I, I agree. I think I'm a little bit more creeped out by going into dark woods than I am into open water. Oh, just because of that, like we've been saying here, that sort of like spiritual supernatural element to it. We, we have such more of, the, of, of like ghosts and creatures and demons, that sort of thing, associated with woods than I think we do the ocean well yeah uh, you know exactly. we'll have our ghost ship stories once in a while but i think the woods represents much more fear than open water does open water is more so about the physical fear of you know, drowning giant squids whatever right yeah yeah but uh, if we're talking about that specific idea of uh, what sort of environment do these things represent i think the jersey devil has got me a little bit more spooked I, I do love the Loch Ness Monster, but in my research, I'd be curious to see if you found anything. I didn't really see anything truly scary about it. It's more so mysterious. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's the whole thing. I, I, like, I've never been... I know people that are deathly afraid of open water, yeah. so I bet Nessie is terrifying right. to them. But... Like I mean, I mean also I've I've never been out in like the ocean, sure. ocean, so I could ch- be changed my whole tune. <laughs> Next time I go out, <laughs> go out at sea and be eaten by a shark. Um, but yeah, I've never the the story of the Loch Ness monster has never been scary to me. Right. It, even when I was doing more research for this, I was like, this still isn't scary. It's like what you said is mysterious. It's just like, could there be this? This giant fish right. thing, or lizard, I guess, technically. Yeah, some sort of aqu- aquatic reptilian. Yeah. Is it an amphibian? Is the Loch Ness Monster an amphibian? I've, Run with that one what, and see what, what you can come up with. What do they prefer to be identified <laughs> as? <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I, yeah that's, I, I think to me it's important that a cryptid does sort of have an edge to it. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I got to lean towards the Jersey Devil on this one as iconic as the Loch Ness monster is, gotta go with the Jersey Devil. Uh, yeah, I'm, w- I'm right with you. Awesome, Jersey Devil's moving on to the finals. Grant, our producer is very happy about that. Yeah, no one knows who our producer is. We got a new one. <laughs> Fire the old guy. What was he about? Ah, uh, just <laughs> just kidding. It's still Graham. <laughs> it's, just Graham. I didn't say it's just Graham. I said it's still Graham. <laughs> old bitch will never die. <laughs> Gra- Graham, the legend of your, you know, grandpa. <laughs> That's a new one. I haven't heard that one before. Let's move on. That's <laughs> the next topic. So we have to determine who the Jersey Devil will face in the finals. We have the Wendigo going up against Bigfoot. Uh, Five minutes on the clock once again. Here we go. Any preferences out the gate? You know, it's weird, like, because it's so weird that the two I hyped up at the at the beginning, like, oh, Nessie and Bigfoot are so iconic, and then we get into the second round, and I'm like, fuck Nessie and Bigfoot. <laughs> like, but honestly, I mean, like, like Bigfoot is iconic, but, like, it's so... It just the more I read and when we were, more we discussed about the Wendigo, it's just so fascinating to yep. me. And I've always, I've always loved a good zombie story, and yeah. I've always loved. I mean, I'm a troubled artist. <laughs> I've always loved the stories about the, because I'm fucked up myself. The depravity of humanity, yeah, and especially there's such such deep uh, meaning to everything that the Native Americans practiced, yep. whether it was hunting or harvest or if. 
it was a certain sect like uh sacrifice sure i i just think there are so many more interesting layers to the wendigo that it speaks more to me yeah i i think i agree with you i it's interesting to think about these really famous cryptids is the fact that they're more famous and that they exist in all these different forms does that make them less scary part of me wants to say yeah because i've seen bigfoot in like a slim jim commercial oh yeah and it's like and that's sort of with sasquatch yeah <laughs> right that was a slim jim yeah, commercial it was, right it was it was it was beef jerky i don't know <laughs> if it was slim jim specifically though yeah at least i'm not just having a fever no, dream this, about oh they were real they, <laughs> and there were several different commercials of, about messing with sasquatch i'm glad i just didn't have a rough Grant, day and hallucinate what, can you look up what which beef jerky did messing with sasquatch camping <laughs> jack links jack links yeah, there you that's go right. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I'm I'm glad that wasn't just a horrible fever dream. No. Where I dreamed a, 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 an ape man was trying to sell right. me meat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Man, that would have been. And cavemen were trying to sell you car insurance. Too. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> How I wish that weren't real. Right. <laughs> but yeah, that's the thing. Is is like Bigfoot's become. I don't know. I sort would of... say if I saw a Sasquatch in the woods, I I be fucking. I would sober up real fast. And oh be for like, sure. Oh, that's not something that I needed to see today. <laughs> I think when it comes down to it, though, it's sort of like Nessie in that it's, for me at least, it's more mysterious than it is scary. Yeah. The idea that there might be this creature out there that represents the evolutionary miss- missing link. That's a lot, how yeah, a lot of people yeah. uh, describe Sasquatches, Yetis, that sort of well, thing. I, also, I could be wrong. When I was doing my research, I didn't find any stories that were inherently threatening. Right. About, but, like, again, I could, I could be totally wrong on that. It, there's, you know... It's interesting because Bigfoot sort of exists in all these different forms. Like I've definitely heard some freaky, abominable snowmen yeah. stories, which uh, you know some might say that's part of the Bigfoot mythos. Right. Yeah. Uh, but uh, when it comes down to Wendigos, I hope that's the plural. I've been saying Wendigos, and I wonder if Wendigo is the plural inherently. But at any rate, I've like there's even some stories that pose wendigos being shapeshifters mm-hmm. and that just introduces a whole other yeah. level of freaky yeah. to this whole thing and i think that's another element of the the wendigo that i find that i find frightening is this idea of transformation yeah. whether or not it's one of those stories about uh them being shapeshifters there's still this idea that you commit some grave sin and you become this heinous skeletal skin stretched over bones creature that's so, yeah like, like you said, it's it's it speaks to some sort of uh, thing we fear within ourselves. Well, they say that's that's body horror. That's, yeah, that's a fucking David Cronenberg movie if yeah. I've ever heard one. Like that's, mm-hmm. I mean, and that's uh, and that's the horror movie that's oldest time that or the horror movie horror story that's oldest time is you do fucked up shit and there will be a penance for right. it. And I think inherently, especially like. Uh, going back to the theme of religion, I was raised religious, mm-hmm. so I quite literally had the fear of God yep. put into me, and like it's stuff like that. This fear of this unintangible thing, right? Yeah, divine justice is freaky. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, and uh, the idea that it might come from something not so divine is, is even freakier for yes. some. And I think the Wendigo taps into that. Bigfoot is cool and fascinating and 
interesting in terms of how it relates to us as people, but it does feel very separate. Wendigo feels like there's a little bit of Wendigo in all of right, us. Right, yeah. Uh, the, the way it's described and the way it's posed within uh, Algonquin culture, it seems like we could all have a bad day and have this enter our lives. So. It's true. Oh, man. Did we freaking just knock out Nessie and Bigfoot in we one did. fell swoop? <laughs> yeah, they're not even that great. They think they're tough shit just because they're, like, celebrities. <laughs> hey, hey, man, we like Wendigos before they were cool. Right. <laughs> it's, Watch, it's, all of a sudden, that'll be the hot new shit in horror movies. <laughs> hey, yeah, you never know. And, but you know, that's a, that's a big part of this show, too, is just showing people, you know, within... Eight random topics. There might be something that you might not know quite enough about and might find out that you really enjoy or you're really fascinating by, mm-hmm. fascinated by. So that brings us to the finals. We have the Jersey Devil going up against the Wendigo. Oh, this is going to be so freaking tough because it, the, both of them exemplify a lot of the strengths we've been talking about right. so far. But are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. We're ready to determine the best beast. We have five minutes on the clock. Oh, this is going to be difficult, actually. Here we go. All right. So okay, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. This is this is. So here's the thing. I, I'm I'm changing my mind about Bigfoot. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, I I don't know if I have a preference right out the gate. I think let's get down to the 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 physical descriptions of the two creatures. Mm-hmm. For me, I'm a little bit more freaked out by the idea of a Wendigo because it still does have a good amount of uh, sort of humanistic yeah. humanoid creatures uh, aspects to it characteristics to it the jersey devil is uh definitely more outlandish yeah um i'm curious to see what you think about about that in terms of monsters especially if all with all the horror movies you've seen are the more outlandish yeah <laughs> Are, are the more outlandish, uh, maybe even if you want to go as far as like Eldritch, Lovecraftian things, are those things that are so completely beyond our comprehension? Are those freakier? Or the things that lie in the uncanny valley, are those a little bit scarier to you? Oh, man. I mean, fuck. That, <laughs> that opens a whole new can of worms. Right. Um, I think in general, I'll say like the uncanny valley yeah. is like the Stepford Wives sort of thing. Like, okay. Um, we, because, like, John Carpenter, um, my favorite director, mm-hmm. um, for, for those of you that don't know, he directed uh, the, the 80s thing, the original Halloween, yeah. Escape from New York, Big Trouble in Little China, like every great movie ever, basically. <laughs> um, he, he said that in some interview that we're all born afraid, and we're all born afraid of ourselves, because when you look at ourselves we were super vulnerable mm-hmm. like we're just this weird sack with super important things inside of it and that's why i think we when like we're always and like we live we're gonna get political now we live in <laughs> a culture that is dominated by fear of another person right whether it's our president or um it's that other unknown enemy that could yeah. press the button and we could all go away. However, I there is something to be said about truly great creature character design yeah. in, in a good horror movie. That being said, I haven't... I It's more the concept of the Jersey Devil that I find 
scary because okay. I think what the actual description of the Jersey Devil, I don't find that scary. Sure. I find it a little, I find it strange, but I don't find it scary per se. Right. The Jersey Devil, its its name alludes to this, is very sort of grounded in the, the Christian idea of, of a demon. It's, mm-hmm. you know, a, some even call it a wyvern type th- creature because yeah. it's a, a bipedal dragon-like thing. And I... I I agree with you. I think you made some excellent points there in that we live in a time where on a day-to-day basis, we're not afraid of the woods. On a day-to-day basis, we're worried about the mistakes that we might make as humans. We're worried about the weaknesses we have as humans. We're worried about the missteps, oversteps that the leaders, people around us might make. And the Wendigo speaks to that. It's it, as associated as it is with, you know, cannibalism and some of that um, environmental fear. It does have, you know, associations with greed and anger and that sort of thing, which is, which is unfortunately something a lot of us encounter every day. True. So, man, that, that's. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say, funny enough, John Carpenter has said another thing in interviews I've watched that uh, relate to this. He says that there's, at at core, two different types of horror stories. Okay. Where um, he he uses a weird example where it's like... it is it's almost like a, a native setting where they're all around the campfire and the the shaman of the tribe he says i'll tell you where the evil is the evil is out there the evil is the other tribe the mm. evil is the well, i don't know the white man coming in um or he said the other type of horror story at base level is the shaman says I'll tell you where the evil is. The evil is right in here. The evil is your own thoughts and your own and the way you handle those thoughts. Sure. And I think obviously both can be told told very well. I've always found the latter more in general more interesting than the former. Right. Yeah. That's great. That's that's really fascinating. I think the the latter speaks to our daily lives mm-hmm. you know it's it, we're we're fortunate enough to live in a society or a, a good chunk of us at least uh are able to eat are able to stay away from the elements that sort of thing uh we're able to stay out of the woods and yeah. maybe live in a large city if that's more comfortable for us and stay away from the jersey devil um we're able to you know manage our families and not have 13 kids who are worried <laughs> yeah. that the 13 is the coming yeah, of the antichrist right. or something like that <laughs> Uh, we're we're sort of uh, away from those environmental fears. We're weaning off of pure suspicion or superstitions, that sort of thing, that fuel the myth of the Jersey Devil. Mm-hmm. The Wendigo, the things that are associated with it aren't quite gone. No, and that's 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 what I I, I love about this creature, about this cryptid. I it, it's it's so primal, it's so real, it's really still grounded in a lot of what we see. So yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you on this one. Man, is the Wendigo the best beast? I think the Wendigo is the super beast. <laughs> All right. So Wendigo took down the Jersey Devil, become the title of the best beast. Man, this is... Okay, I, 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 
thanks really for being on the show. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm glad you were able to bring some of the more narrative qualities of of these monsters uh, to life here. So love me a good story, man. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So uh, I'm curious: are there any horror movies that are really essential? for you that have some allusions to cryptids or the uh, any of these creatures here or any other sort of mysterious legends come to life that oh, sort of thing oh god um <laughs> trying to think um there i mean there's there's tons that have like allusions to urban legends sure. and stuff like that like one that immediately comes up well the, i mean Again, it's like if it's a story of the outsider, like I think of the hills have eyes. Yeah, like the hills have eyes is basically an urban legend in itself. Yep. Or and I mean, like, but all I it's because to be perfectly frank, I haven't watched a whole lot of horror movies that are based specifically on one aspect of like uh, encrypted or sure. urban legend mythology. Yeah, one that another one that comes to mind, even though I heard this movie sucked like just <laughs> absolutely blue was the movie i think it's just called the woods it's all about that uh famous uh the famous woods in japan that everyone goes to kill themselves right. in like the mo- one of the most haunted woods in the world right i heard the movie blue horse dong though yeah. um and again like but there's um trying to think like and sort of relating to uh windigos obviously there's more of a religious slant but like yeah. the exorcist oh for the sure exorcist is and especially like that plays into a lot of themes about uh f- fear of motherhood fear of yep. your own child like there's there's a ton of great horror movies like that where um I mean, I'm getting just getting sidetracked now, but um, I think Eraserhead is another great example of like fear of your own child, which the Jersey Devil obviously has a lot of compare. There's a lot of parallels, even though I don't think anyone watches the Eraser watches Eraserhead and is like. Jersey Devil. Yeah, like, I, I made that connection. No, no, I, 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 I'm glad you referenced them though, because a lot of these stories, even though they've become you know silly things that we sort of pass off, they still speak to a lot of really base fears, as we've discussed thoroughly with the with the Wendigo. Mm-hmm. So I, it, one movie that I really want to see that uh, I feel might might have a connection to Wendigo or at least some of those some of those ideas surrounding the creature is Bone Tomahawk. Have you seen it? Bone Tomahawk? That's a, yeah, that's a great example. Okay. Bone Tomahawk. Um Bone Tomahawk has a very very slow start. Okay. Um I actually I want to revisit it cuz I haven't watched it in a while and I had think I had less patience for slow sure. movies <laughs> at the time. Yeah. But when that movie gets kicked off, it gets kicked the fuck off. And yeah, yeah it's um that's actually that's, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. That yeah. movie is that has a lot of compare that there's a lot to be said okay. about that mythos and yeah. uh, with Bone Tomahawk. Yeah, I, I I definitely want to visit that movie not just cuz I adore Kurt Russell but because it has As you should. Yeah. <laughs> But it has a lot of that really, you know, man versus man creating this really horrific, uh, uh, these really horrific scenes, these really horrific yeah. incidents. Uh, well, so it speaks the, to what the Wendigo is. Yeah, because the villains in Bone Tomahawk are, I, I don't know if they give a name to the tribe, but they are some sort of native tribe. Okay. 
Um, it's probably not Algonquin because it's right. like in the south, but sure. it, it's it is uh, sort of like uh, that got that those themes going through it. Yeah, I'm also gonna bring up. Um, it's kind of a cop out, but the cabin in the woods literally oh, yeah. has just about every horror creation ever in it. Yeah. So there's there's definitely something in that. There, there's a mermaid or yep. merman in it. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's cool to see some of those media that really encapsulate all of these stories and lift them up and, and celebrate them for what they are. I was just telling you before this, I'm, I'm watching Gravity Falls for about the fifth, yeah. fifth time, and the Bigfoot's referenced there, the Fiji mermaid's referenced in the first episode. That's funny. Loch Ness Monster has its own analog in the show in the form of the Gobblewonker. Of course, nice. you got to have those those Disney friendly names, right? Yeah. And uh, it's it's cool to see the culture of cryptids mm-hmm. celebrated in media as much as the individual monsters are. Uh, so that's a lot of a, a lot of fun as well, and I think that's that's a, a cool aspect of this conversation as well. Is that you know we're 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 mostly just wondering, right. and it, whether it these creatures have a supernatural element to them, or a superhuman element to them, or the subhuman element to them, you know, yeah. that sort of thing. It's uh, <laughs> whether they represent something stronger than us or our our, our weaknesses, that sort of thing. I it, it, the, there's so much to them, and they're part of a real big conversation about uh, us wanting to know more about the world. Which is super dope. Very Uh, true. Yeah. So I, these aren't just necessarily urban legends. They're you know part of our culture in many ways. So yeah, yeah. uh, Take a look at all these eight and and see uh, see what you think out there. And uh, maybe you'll find one that you feel might be a little bit more real to you than others. That it's it's always fascinating to find that one photo that doesn't seem doctored. Right. And to think, hmm. Maybe, or to hear that one story online, that one creepy pasta that right. just seems a little bit uh, uh, too real and a little bit uh, too detailed to be something that could have been made up. That's very true. I, I think to lie in that moment for a while and to just believe for a second is really fun. Oh, always. So, yeah. So I appreciate you partaking in that with me, Matt. Uh, My absolute pleasure. Yeah. Tell the folks a little bit about your show on Zima Podcasting Network. Yeah. So um, I host a show. If you if you liked hearing my voice, <laughs> um, I you can listen to it all the time. <laughs> no. Um, I host a show on the Zima Podcasting Network called Monsters at Midnight. Mm-hmm. I host. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I, I host it with my good friend Jolyn. Uh, we. We discuss everything from horror news. Uh, we critique horror films, but we also we delve a little bit into like true crime stories and real life tales of the unexplained. Nice. So uh, we we just anything to get your spook on. Basically, we are now sw- switching to a weekly format. We used to be monthly. We are now going weekly uh, with shorter episodes. Okay. But uh, we'll we'll be around for the foreseeable future. Um, and uh, as an extension of that, if you ever want to chill with the crew of Monsters of Midnight, every Monday in uh, Walker's Point, we do horror trip. Milwaukee, Wisconsin. If you're in the Milwaukee area, in Walker's Point, we do trivia at Sabbatic, uh, five to nine horror movie trivia every uh, fucking uh, happy hour. That's the word. Awesome. So. 
Great. Give, yeah. us, give us a listen if you dug what you heard. Yeah, absolutely. Go check out Monsters at Midnight if you're interested in following more about who you got and the episodes that we have coming up next. Who you got is now on Facebook and Instagram, so be sure to give us a like and a follow. Another huge way that you can help who you got out is by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or on any of the platforms that we use, such as Spreaker or Spotify. So if you can leave us a review, that means a lot to us. That's a big help in getting uh, conversations like this out and more visible. And people can believe who you got truly exists. Not just an <laughs> urban legend. I want to believe. I want to believe too, <laughs> Matt. All right. This was a lot of fun. I'm glad we did this. Absolutely. Thanks so much for being on, man. Really appreciate it. My name is Nathan Hammond. This has been Who You Got. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>